Kia ora, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. It is Friday the 17th of September. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Big news today, um, in the wake of yesterday's AUKUS deal, where Australia gets to build and uh, own nuclear-powered submarines designed by the Americans and the Brits, China has reacted. Firstly, it came out and said this would damage peace and stability in the Asia-Pacific. But more importantly for us, it has now put us on the spot by late last night asking us, as the keeper of the records of the CPTPP, asking us for China, for permission to China to join the CPTPP. Now, we have the rights to allow people to try to join, and we've already allowed Britain to try to join the CPTPP. Just to recap, remember, this was originally designed by us and then the Americans under Obama took it over to try and build a free trade zone that excluded China. At the moment, it doesn't include America because, of course, Donald Trump pulled out of it. So we are now in the awkward position of agreeing, in theory, to allow China to try to join the CPTPP in opposition, no doubt, to what Australia, the United States and Britain wants. Oh, and by the way, Britain has applied to join the Asia-Pacific free trade deal as well, even though it's not anywhere near either Asia or the Pacific. But it wants into this deal, and we've agreed to let them try to negotiate so we're in the position where China, our largest trading partner, has directly asked us to allow China to try to get into a trade deal that would not be approved by Australia, America and Britain. Effectively, China is putting us on the spot, trying to drive a wedge into the new AUKUS deal, using us to do it, and putting us in the awkward position of either having to reject China or embarrass Australia, the UK and the US. So what do we do? Well, we don't know yet. Uh, it's only just come out and we've yet to hear from uh, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern or Nanaya Mahuta, although it's interesting that we've already gone down the track a bit. There were talks in a Zoom call between the Chinese Trade Minister and Damien O'Connor, the New Zealand Trade Minister, to register the formal application from China. Now, what we say about that will be quite interesting. Uh, my view is that uh, New Zealand should um, treat this as a pro forma application that we're obliged to pass on to the rest of the people in the group and let them make the decision. And we can go back to China and say, hey, uh, we're, we're doing the right thing. We're letting you apply to join the club, uh, but the rest of the club don't want you in. And we'll have to be very careful about what we say we actually want China to do. That leaves us in the position of being an honest broker, a free trading rules-based country that is um, all in favour of everyone free trading with everyone else. That's completely consistent with uh, not just um, our level of power in the world, but also consistent with what we've said in the past and with our values. Now, Australia, Britain and the US may not be thrilled about that, but you've got to remember um, America pissed everyone off by leaving the CPTPP in the first place. 
And remember, um, Britain, uh, Australia, us, um, uh, and a bunch of others already have free trade deals with China, and New Zealand doesn't have a free trade deal with America. So wouldn't it be a good idea for America to try and get back into the CPTPP? And that may be one piece of leverage we can use. We can say, hey, we want... We'd quite like to see if China can join, but we'd also like America to join. Uh, We are playing an honest broker role in trying to bring together the big powers through the business of trade and business. Uh, We'll see what everyone does. Welcome your comments in the comments below. Okay, what else is breaking this morning that's of interest? Well, I thought it's worth noting that Ashley Bloomfield said yesterday that he wants more than 90% of New Zealanders vaccinated. That's the first indication of any sort of threshold or target or level that the government actually wants before they look to start to uh, open up. There's also an interesting uh, comment piece from Peter Gluckman, the former science advisor to the Prime Minister. He's in uh, um, a research group with Helen Clark up in Auckland, and they are saying that the government should create a, quote, red team of experts to advise it on how to get out of elimination uh, once we've got a high enough vaccination rate. It's not going to be easy to get that 90% plus vaccination rate, though. The latest surveys show that 79% actively want to have the jab, and now we're well over 70% who've either had the first jab or close to having the first jab. Um, However, there are 14% still who say they're unlikely to get it, and an outright 7.4% who have said, no way am I ever going to get the jab. So there's not a lot of room for error there. A, we have to convince the hesitant, the 14%, all of them, to get the jab, and then quite a few of the 7.4%. And then we have to hunt down all those people who um, are hard to find and uh, not easily accessible to the health system. What else is happening today? Well, I spotted a story that isn't getting a lot of attention at the moment, but maybe should. A cryptocurrency entrepreneur and his employee, and it appears they live together, flew by private jet from Auckland to Wanaka last Saturday morning. Now, the police apparently have had a look at this and said it didn't break lockdown rules. The couple said they were flying to Wanaka for, quote, legitimate business reasons. However, we now know that MB is investigating those, quote, legitimate business re- uh, reasons. You'd have to wonder what is essential about a cryptocurrency entrepreneur flying to Wanaka and what cryptocurrency could do that is essential. We'll find out. I suspect we haven't heard the last of that one. Um, also in the news, um, just more fallout from the AUKUS announcement yesterday. China, of course, said it was outraged. Uh, it said this announcement gravely undermined regional peace and stability. The French were outraged because they were in the process of selling a 90 billion Australian worth of conventional submarines to the Australians who have now abandoned that plan because they want the nuclear-powered type. Interestingly, Scott Morrison uh, came out and said, we are not interested in nuclear weapons, we just want the nuclear-powered subs. And that would give Australia a lot of uh, heft to be um, lurking around the coasts in various places. Oh, also um, of interest, Taiwan said this, this was a fantastic deal. Yes, they would. Uh, 
also, um, Jacinta Ardern came out and said, uh, yep, uh, they, I was told about this earlier. We weren't asked to join. And anyway, um, we couldn't because uh, we have anti-nuclear legislation, which means that um, not only can we not have nuclear-powered submarines, but they can't visit us in New Zealand. Uh, and, but though she says this is unlikely to affect our other arrangements, ANZUS, or the Five Eyes Agreement, which we're in with Britain, America, Canada, and Australia. Elsewhere in the local economy, um, ASB and ANZ yesterday put up their mortgage rates slightly. Uh, this was the second time that ASB had done it in the last week or so. Now, this came after yesterday's GDP figures, which were really strong. So GDP in the June quarter, remember this is before the lock latest lockdown, rose 2.8% in the quarter. Now, that's the third fastest growth rate in a quarter in our history. The fastest was, of course, the September quarter of last year, rebounding after the first lockdowns, and then the September quarter of 1999, which was a stonker. I remember it well. <laughs> now, the key thing about the June quarter was that uh, this was when the Australian bubble was open. So there were quite a few Australians here spending money, and that seemed to boost um, spending generally, although obviously now that's finished. So it's a bit of a rear vision mirror thing. Uh, economists um, had actually expected growth of 1.1%. They got 28 The Reserve Bank uh, forecast, albeit in August, so that's uh, over a month ago now, 0.7%. And uh, so that blew that out of the water. And it means that economists are now really, really certain they're going to get at least a 25 basis point hike from the Reserve Bank in the official cash rate on October the 6th, which is its next opportunity to change monetary policy. They also see another uh, 25 basis points hike uh, at the end of November when the Reserve Bank puts out its next monetary policy statement. Uh, there are even some in the markets, financial markets, so traders rather than economists, who are... Um, expecting, or at least they see the chances, of a 50 basis point hike on October 6th, now running at over 40%. So that's non-negligible. Uh, will we see that hike? Uh, probably. Um, should we see that hike? No, in my view. I think the Reserve Bank should use macroprudential policy to control the housing market, not interest rates. Um, inflation is not a problem. It isn't overseas. We would still be running well ahead of everyone else. The Reserve Bank of Australia doesn't expect a hike until 2024. The Fed, mm, we're, seeing, we're seeing it most likely to start tapering or talking about tapering in November. So still not really close to putting up interest rates. It may not be for another year or so yet. So we'd be hanging out there. All of this meant that the New Zealand dollar rose yesterday about a cent to 71.4 US cents, although it's come back off overnight. This again partly because the rest of the world can't really understand why anyone would be putting up interest rates right now. Remember, the rest of the world is completely um, focused on trying to deal with Delta and things aren't going well. Uh, Got to remember too that the Chinese economy, let's hope it um, does well, but uh, this outbreak in Fujian that's cropped up this week isn't isn't fantastic. Another 50 kids put into hospital in Fujian last night, and this is uh, this is one of the problems with Delta. It really hits the kids hard, and there are signs of long COVID hitting the kids quite hard. And we'll be desperate, all desperate, to get those vaccines approved for the under 12s as soon as possible. 
Okay, uh, so what's going to happen next? If we saw June quarter GDP up 2.8%, what's going to happen in the September quarter, which just finished? Remember, a good chunk of it was under lockdown. Well, economists are expecting a, a fall of around 6 to 7% in the September quarter before a rebound of maybe 9 10% in the December quarter, assuming, of course, the lockdown in Auckland and the rest of the country ends reasonably soon. Um, one thing to know, though, that uh, October 6, when we get that decision, uh, Auckland is very much still likely to be in either Level 3 or Level 2 lockdown. And Level 2 lockdown is not as friendly as the last Level 2 lockdown. This um, limit of 50 on uh, on internal meetings, cafes, restaurants is causing all sorts of grief in the rest of the country. And it's one of the reasons why the Prime Minister said yesterday that um, this restriction of 50 is going to be lifted to 100 uh, possibly from next week for the rest of the country, although um, formally we'd still be in level two. It would just be a level two with a uh, with a hundred inside. That would help some uh, restaurateurs and cafe owners. Not necessarily a huge help yet for the event sector. Um, by the way, uh, the good GDP news uh, came alongside uh, Grant Robertson coming out and saying the government had put an extra $7 billion into its COVID recovery fund, and there was still $3 billion that hadn't been spent already in it, so $10 billion on hand to keep paying for wage subsidies and the like. And he said that the government didn't necessarily need to increase its borrowing to fund this because the stronger than expected economic growth, at least until the latest lockdown has really helped bolster the um, tax coffers. Um, also overnight, um, keep an eye out on the political economy front. For US retail sales, they actually rose 0.7% in August from July, which was much stronger than the 0.8% fall that economists had expected. So financial markets, um, stocks and bonds, they fell today. Seems weird, doesn't it? Uh, retail sales going much better than expected. Why would the stock markets fall? Well, um, at the moment, the stock markets are very dependent on continued money printing by the US Federal Reserve and very low interest rates. Whenever interest rates rise, of course, that makes stocks slightly less attractive in relative terms. And, uh, of course, um, the Fed's... Uh, um, the Fed support for stock markets is one of the reasons they're at record highs, despite the worst economic shock we've seen in our lifetimes. Uh, this really is all about the the um, the Powell put, if you like, which is the US Federal Reserve support. So if you have a stronger economy, then in theory you might be able to taper money printing, stop it sooner and put up interest rates sooner, which makes stocks less attractive. It's weird, isn't it? But that's that's how the financial markets see the world at the moment. Um, my big thing to watch, I think, over the next few days is what's, hap what's happening in, with Delta in China. If that gets out of control and there's lockdowns galore for a long time, that is going to hurt the Chinese economy and uh, and therefore ours and Australia's, um, which, by the way, Australia is you know headed for a recession later this year. Watch out um, later on down in the uh, dawn chorus this morning for a couple of nice long reads uh, on not just um, what Peter Gluckman is saying about the elimination policy, but also um, what's happening with that AUKUS deal. It's a couple of long reads on nuclear-powered submarines, why you'd want one. Um, uh, apparently they're very good at staying underwater for an awful long time. If you think level four lockdown is bad, just imagine being a submariner on a nuclear-powered submarine. 
um, and also we've got some uh, interesting scoops coming out of the Wall Street Journal this week on what Facebook knows that its platform does, which is um, bad for uh, mental health, particularly for young women. Uh, it is also a source for misinformation on COVID and many other things. They know all this and have been covering it up internally. And they also know that Facebook is used aggressively by human traffickers, drug cartels and prostitution rings, but again, doing nothing about it. They know it, but they're doing nothing. Uh, just increases the pressure on Facebook to do something or to be regulated and just reinforces, frankly, that uh, we are being very light on Facebook who continually you know, seek forgiveness rather than permission and basically have no real interest in controlling that platform, which is a vector for harm all over the world. I really don't understand why um, governments um, are being more aggressive about regulating it and forcing it to abide by the same rules that other media platforms do, which is to not allow de defamation or crime or money laundering or misinformation to be spread on their platforms. Yes, it would mean Facebook have to employ millions of people to police and watch and um, edit out material on their site, but that's what the traditional media does. And uh, it would also force them to you know, be much better with their algorithms, which at the moment we have no insight into, and which it's clear Facebook have used its algorithms to make their site as clickier and as suckier and as um, uh, attractive for advertisers as anything else. That was the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. It is September the 17th. I wish you well for the weekend, and hopefully we will have a hoon with Peter Bale um, later on today to jump on to. Takita no.